Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on the world of social media. And today we're joined by our friend, Eric John Fisher. Eric, how are you today? I am great. And don't call me Shirley. I mean, wait. <laughs> that's right. You're using my middle name. That's unnerving to me. Nobody I know. It's that. like you're in trouble. Like your mom is talking yes. to you or something. Yeah. yeah. I am your mom. I'm yeah, your so, mom. I'm, I'm the show mom. The there you sh- go. That's, yeah. We could go so far with that. Anyway. So um, if you don't know who Eric Fisher is, he is the producer and host of the long running beyond the to do the list podcast for over eight years. And he's been talking with experts on how to implement productivity strategies in their personal and professional lives. It's an amazing podcast. Tons of great people there. So if you haven't gone and listened to it, make sure you go to beyondthetodolist.com and check that out. Yeah. And so today, like Jeff was saying at the top of the show, today's a little bit of a mailbag episode. We had a ton of just random social media marketing news that we just wanted to jump in. And what better way to uh, talk about than our, with our friend Eric here, who also keeps up in the world of social media. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as we saw this week, many of our friends were at uh, various conferences. So we had podcast movement last week. And then I think Social Media Week Lima just wrapped up. That was with the now marketing group with our friend Jessica Phillips running that. And um, we at Restream are headed to FinCon and Video Marketing World and Vid Summit. What what events are you guys headed to this fall? I'm going to have my own event in my backyard barbecue. That's what I'm going to have in a little bit. No, but uh, <laughs> that's what we're doing this weekend. No. Um, so, Eric, what about you? Are you, what are, what are your plans? I I mean, I know you did some virtual ones. So I know you went to podcast yeah. virtually. Yeah, I did. I did podcast movement virtually and uh, I wanted to go to Lima. It was close, but couldn't make that work because f- first few days of school for my kids. And oh boy, was it a good thing I was here because things <laughs> were broken and messed up and all over the place. So I became super dad and super husband, apparently. There but that's go. good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm look, looking at what else I want to do in the fall. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what's safe to do right now. But virtual yeah. still got some great options this fall that I'm really looking forward to. So. Yeah. So Jamie samples. Hey, Jamie, thank you for stopping by. Uh, she says uh, social media week Lima 21 was awesome. So, yeah, that's going to be that's I'm glad I was so much FOMO every year. Yeah. I've got to get there sometimes. So have you been Grace? Did you go? I haven't because again, I, my kids went, one of my kids went back to school this oh, week and I'm right, yeah. I, like Eric, I was really glad it was here because it's been with everything changing and every, I was just like, I'm glad I was here, but man, seeing all the tweets and the posts and mm-hmm. my friends being on stage, it's like, Oh, I want to go back to that so bad. So, but yeah. there's an alternative, isn't there Jeff? 
There is virtual conferences, folks. It's all the rage. By the way, we have an amazing one coming up on September 13th through 16th. You can sign up now. It's from the people who help sponsor this awesome show, Ecamm. They have the Leap into Live Streaming Bootcamp. Look at all these. Well, there's two bearded people on. You know it's good. If you, if you see two bearded people who are going to be speaking, Pat Flynn, who copied me and had to grow a beard. Um, but it's amazing. Uh, this is going to be so much fun. I'm going to be talking all about how to uh, use uh, a live video to increase your podcast reach. Uh, Pat has been killing it. He did like a whole year of live video every day. Uh, all the, Leslie, our friend Leslie is going to be there. Stephanie Liu, tons of other people. It's free, but you want to sign up to make sure you get all the good stuff that's going on right now. So make sure you guys go to uh, leapintolive.com. That's leapintolive.com. And check that out by our friends over at Ecamm. It's going to be a ton of fun. I can't wait for it. So uh, join us and, and tell them that Jeff sent you, would you? That, that other bearded guy. So, yeah, it's going to be <laughs> exciting. So. I'm really excited to see. I saw Zaley Bark Barkley oh, there yeah. on, in the lineup. She just wrapped up Think in Color, which was virtual. It was a, a few weeks ago. I did a session there on using live video to help grow your business, but it was phenomenal. In fact, I was going back to the uh, organizers and said, I can't believe you're making me follow all of this awesomeness. Like, mm -hmm. they're like, no, no, you're great. You're wonderful. I was like, oh, no. But if you get a chance to see Zaley Barkley and the whole crew and our friend Stephanie Liu is there too. I'm yep. excited about that. And I met, uh, she's in, Zaley's from Dallas, isn't she? Yep. She's in because Dallas. I she's here met in her Dallas. at Radio Marketing World uh, a couple years ago. She is amazing. Very, very cool. So I'm looking forward to her session as well. So with that, make sure you guys go once again to leapintolive.com and check that out um, for my friends over at Ecamm. So let's jump into some of the news because we got a ton of stuff to cover. So Grace, let's talk about this first one, this LinkedIn adding uh, native video uh, option, which I'm all for video. So I'm excited about this. I'm super excited about this as well. So they're adding... Um, I in the past, they've had third party support for video conferencing, like they've had partnerships with other uh, platforms. And so this past week or past week or two, they rolled out their own native chat feature, messaging feature, video chat messaging feature in their messaging um, tool there that mm -hmm. they have in there. And so it was very quietly rolled out. So, you know, if you don't know if you have it, go check on your messaging app. You should still be able to see uh, there's an option to create a video meeting within a chat window. They also have the option to pick any of their other video providers if you want to. They said that uh, the reason behind rolling this out is to drive productivity, drive conversations. As we know, most people are relying now on video to talk to each other to become a more natural where people probably were a little scared of it this past year. I think people are used to being on video now. And so this is a natural extension of their of LinkedIn's chat feature. But the one thing that in their quote about it was that they want their roll this out to keep people safe. So I think there's also an added um, measure of security there where you can have these one on one private conversations within LinkedIn without having to leave the app where you're probably already talking to people or the platform where you're already talking to people anyway. Yeah. So I like this idea. So I like one. I've, I've loved LinkedIn. Luckily, we were able to get in for this show. We have a lot of people watching like uh, Tracy uh, over on LinkedIn uh, was saying hello to us. So um, I love being able to go live on LinkedIn. I love video on LinkedIn. I love uh, especially for, you know, we talked about a couple weeks ago, the Great Recession was happening. Everyone's, you know, trying to update their job, get a new one, um, being able to do this. 
I think being able to connect with people directly over on LinkedIn, like there's, there's so many things. I can't wait to people like um, Vivica Von Rosen over there, you know, get strategic about that. So how could you be strategic with connecting with people with video right now? It looks like it's just one-to-one. Like if I needed to talk to Grace and like, Hey, I hear you have a job opening, you know, I won't, I won't shave my beard, but I would like to apply. So just to see what they would say about that, you know, so I think that kind of stuff is really, really cool. What, what are your thoughts, Eric? Yeah. I mean, I, I, at first I was like, do we really need this? But as I've thought more about it, I'm thinking, well, they're saying safety. And I think there's a certain amount of potential increased safety by being able to do video calls with people that you're already uh, connected to. In other words, right. you already vetted them, or at least I hope you did, because right. I also remember that a lot of people just accept any connection request on LinkedIn instead of real connections with people they actually know or have, or even passively have somewhat known. Acqua- you know, actual acquaintances. I try to keep it strict on LinkedIn for myself in terms of connections. Mm-hmm. Actual acquaintances that I've like had conversations with or people that I know really, really well. Um, Lower than that, it's like, hey, I just found out who you were. And, you know, and so so a video message from them, uh, maybe, maybe not. Right. Because think about it. Zoom's become so uh, I, I throw the word Zoom out there, but I mean, because that's the word we use. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of the Xerox of live video or right. at least live video meetings. Right. It, it, Zoom has become, you know, Zoom fatigue is the term. It's not right. Skype yeah. fatigue. It's not Slack video, video message right. fatigue. It's so. But. I do think that, yeah, being able to, if you're a robust LinkedIn user, which some people are, uh, being able to jump on a video call instead of just an audio call in the safe, secure setting of LinkedIn proper actually has a lot of appeal to it, I think. Mm -hmm. I agree. So Martin says this, he goes, LinkedIn Live generates significant rewards for my brand and my business. He's watching over from LinkedIn because we're going over there on LinkedIn Live. But Martin, I would love to know what you think about this. Is Will you be using this uh, video meeting tool over on LinkedIn? And on this, the, the, the topic of live video, we have another um, a little addition to our news is LinkedIn expands these video creator tools with this jump rope acquisition. So LinkedIn has acquired how to video app jump rope as part of its focus on expanding video tools on its platform. And so in this uh, press release, the purpose is to uh, develop new on platform creator tools for users to share professional skills on LinkedIn learning which is pretty cool. The app, which describes itself as the best place for anyone to create a how-to and export it to every social platform. So I'm really interested on how that's actually gonna work. But it's supposed to enable users to create step-by-step tutorials using video and still images with preset formats and overlays. With this acquisition that has been signed, the Jump Rope team will now be working exclusively on LinkedIn tools, intending to build upon its creator products. So uh, Jump Rope in a press release that I read this morning uh, is gonna sunset its platform and apps on August 20th, 2021. So about a month away. So I think this is pretty cool. I'm really interested to say like, it reminds me a little bit, do you guys remember when everyone was using a SlideShare for a while where you were making presentations, yes. you were uploading the SlideShare, but LinkedIn was able to use them and people were getting a lot of traffic from this. If I oh, can yeah. create like, how to like live video 101 course on this platform and then share it over to Facebook. And, and, you know, there's so the couple of questions, like how easy is it going to be to share across different platforms? And I am no people are going to ask, how can I monetize this? 
So mm-hmm. what are you guys' thoughts on this? Well, I like that it's exclusive and we haven't seen it roll out because Jump Rope is still, um, right. I think they're Working not closing it. down until the 20th. This was just announced this last week. So I don't exactly know how it's going to be facilitated, but I love the idea that anyone can create these tutorials and the how to's, which of course is the best performing type of videos, at least that I've seen when it comes to business uh, content. Yeah. Eric, did you use Jump Rope at all? I didn't at all. I was I was unaware of what Jump Rope was, but I took a look at, you know, what their existing tool set, skill set, you know, options were. And it's pretty impressive. I mean, what they've got and how they do it. I, I've got to say, it's almost like um, a lot of people are familiar with Canva and the right, templatation right. of right, Canva, right. making it super easy to use. It feels a lot like that, but with not just still images, but like video and being able to plug and play just different things. It feels like a really cool tool in and of itself. And so then LinkedIn acquiring them and inserting them into the LinkedIn creative toolkit makes me a lot more excited about creating things on LinkedIn. Right. I, I, you know, for a while it was like, you know, LinkedIn was the nerdy place and they were like way behind everybody else. And then they added stories and everybody's like LinkedIn stories. What, why would I, you know, but they're like, I tell you with video stuff, at least for us. And I can say that for even like guys, Kawasaki show. I mean, he's huge anyway, but the, the amount of views that we get. And even when we repurpose some of these clips over on LinkedIn, the amount of views we're getting from over there. So I love that. I think, LinkedIn is a player. I mean, it really is in these platforms now for connecting with people. Um, like Martin was saying earlier that, you know, he gets so much engagement from his LinkedIn lives and so much business. I just think it's the stuff they're doing with these these last two news items. It's going to be really cool. And I can't wait to see what's coming up next. So any final thoughts well, about LinkedIn? Danny made a really good point here. She says that um, she says that I hope smaller creators can go live soon. And that just reminded me, not everyone has LinkedIn live yet, right? It's still mm-hmm. something that's rolling out. And I think it is getting out there more, but it's it's not um, available to everyone. So I think this is a way to bypass that and go live and utilize video. And even that video chat feature is another good way to bypass that gate of not having LinkedIn live necessarily. Right. And I would say, Danny, if you haven't reapplied to get LinkedIn Live in a while, you need to, because I've heard a lot of people who hadn't been able to get onto it have recently been able to get access to it. So I think they're maybe loosening the gates a little bit to let people in. So uh, it's very, very exciting. I love this new LinkedIn news. I mean, it's uh, just because of this, the, the connections that you make, especially if you're doing business stuff, it just seems like it's not fluff. I mean, it's like if people are looking yeah. at your content, they're wanting your content and they're wanting to know how they can apply it to their business for the most part. So I'm, I'm really excited for everything uh, over there. So our friend, I want to throw this, in there. this in there real quick. Something I'm noticing um, we, we've all three of us have been doing social media for a very long time. I would say that one of the places that if you're not really digging in with a real strategy, LinkedIn is the, I mean, like if you're starting from scratch, I would do Twitter and LinkedIn and, probably YouTube along along with my podcast. That's kind of new to me to say LinkedIn would be part of my like definitive strategy. So, yeah, 
I'm mean, just the connections and the comments that I'm getting over there are amazing. So, uh, oh, Elisa. So people were asking, how do we apply? And Elisa, she's awesome. Thank you, Elisa. Uh, she put the link in there to, if you guys go to that link, I know it's hard to see, but just if you, if you're listening to the podcast, if you Google how to apply to LinkedIn live, you'll get this uh, address. Um, and you can go there and apply. It does take them a little bit. And I was rejected a lot before I finally got on. So keep it up <laughs> because I think they really are letting people in. Yes, you get, you get rejected a lot. So. I do. I mean, oh, I'm surprised yeah. I ever got married. I really, am. I mean, mostly so, by me. Yeah. Most, it's mostly me. Did Eric take my call or not? Right. Exactly. Yes, you can hey apply now. to be my friend again, if you'd like, yes, and I might okay. approve it this yes, time. Very, very true. <laughs> so our next piece of news is this, it's, you know, you mentioned Twitter. This is all for you, Eric. Twitter spaces. This is good. Co-hosting. Yeah, this is cool. So talk about this. Yeah, this, this is great. So I have said before that no matter if you're doing a live video or audio or whatever presentation, stuff goes wrong. Like, for example, earlier, we had a quick little glitch with Grace's video and bandwidth and whatever. And so it was a really cool thing that I was also here al along with Jeff. And anyway, any kind of live video presentation or live audio in this instance with Twitter Spaces, you've got to have either a co-host or a, a secondary producer or something. It's, it's just the benefits outweigh having to, you know, like, like Grace Duffy said, she's the show mom. Well, that's because she's so <laughs> awesome at producing the show. So being able to have somebody there to be able to bring people up onto the stage or to be looking and have authority to actually make changes in the live broadcast, whether it's audio or video or whatever, but be being able to have somebody co-host and give them admin privileges is just at this point, it's a no brainer for every single live video tool that's out there or social audio mm -hmm. tool that's out there. Get used to it. Like add this feature. If you haven't already, we need to have some, more than just the person that's on camera have the admin privileges because it's just a necessity for the sake of backup and run of show and all those good things that make live video and audio amazing. Yeah, exactly. So our friend Dustin Stout is in the off, uh, uh, in the audience and he goes, spaces. So um, what do you think about this, Dustin? Do you think this is a good thing? Um, I Like you said, Eric, being able to have this, I mean, that's one of the reasons I do, I like to do shows where I have a, a, a host or a co-host with me that, like I can switch between, get a drink of water. I always try to get Grace when she's drinking or something happens because I, I can see her camera. But um, <laughs> being able to you know, be able to, to to move things around and, and change screens, I think helps people keep people engaged with more faces on there. But um, I love this idea. I think um, you know well, we're going to talk about Clubhouse in a little bit bit later. But I am mm -hmm. just all for the 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 more you can do. I mean, there's all sorts of cool stuff that they're. Um, they're, they're rolling out too. So, I mean, I, I'm excited about all this stuff. Grace, what about you? So I think we should also mention that it, they limited this to two co-hosts, right? So you can right. have two co-hosts. So you could have the host, two co-hosts, and then also 10 speakers. So they're widening that table of people who can speak within uh, spaces. And then you can also promote people and, you know, take people mm -hmm. off the stage and on off. So I like that. I like that functionality. Yeah. And the, and the other thing about this is a couple of things that they were able to do with this. One of the things that they were doing in, inside of spaces, they have that new spaces bar that I think Eric mentioned, uh, which is kind of weird. You know, they took away fleets and they yep. added this. So 
And Grace put what in the note. Yeah, what's go ahead. Their name? It's the space like, bar. It's the space bar. Come on, it's obvious. Yes, the space bar. <laughs> I love Twitter. I, when it, I heard it, of it, I thought of you know Star Wars, the the Moss Easley's Cantina. Like you go to the space bar dun, 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 and have all your space wow. friends. See, that's how much of a nerd I am. Um, so let me bring up some comments. Uh, Dustin says, love spaces, love the progress they're making. Yeah, I like this too. They're, they're rolling out stuff quite a bit, especially with the co-hosting. So uh, he, he laughed at the, the spaces bar. And Gary really enjoys spaces as well. He lo- Okay, here we go. Much more so than Clubhouse. So Gary, let us know down below why you like spaces better than Clubhouse. I'm really interested into why. Because there is a little bit of, you know, some people are are still into. I know Dustin loves Spaces way better than than Clubhouse, but I'd love to know you guys' thoughts on why Spaces is better. So the other thing that they were able to do is they also in this new release um, they added hand raise emojis to signal questions in Spaces. So this is available to speakers, hosts, and these co-hosts now, which enables to speakers to signal that they have something to add to the discussion without interrupting the, the chat. So speakers can switch on the raised hand, which will appear at the top right of their profile bubble in the space. And unlike these other reaction emojis, the raised hands will not disappear and will remain present until either the user chooses to switch it off or they unmute it, ready to speak. So that is cool because you could have, you could go through, like you said, okay, I'm gonna answer everybody's question, just one question, and you could go through the list and you could see who you've toggled that have spoken or or go through your entire people who wanna speak. I think that's really, really cool. So that's awesome. The last part of the Spaces news is they have added a voice transformer tool. Um, and the idea is that by providing more options to control how you sound, it could make people feel more comfortable engaging with spaces while other while also providing a fun, engaging option to play with in the new tool. So you know, the only reason I see this is like if you're a journalist and you're having like deep throat come on and like spill the gut, you know, you want to disguise somebody's voice. Otherwise, it's going to be all these junior high boys sounding like Optimus Prime is what it's going to be. I mean, what are your thoughts on this, Eric? Because. Yeah, I, I, when they say voice changer tool, I, and then it's like to, to make you feel more comfortable, I'm like, so making me sound silly or weird is supposed to make me feel more comfortable. I thought it was going to maybe give my voice more of an NPR right. feel, like more of based, you know, increase the bass boost or something, right? To, to give more presence and, and have it feel less conspicuous or something or, you know, less, less wispy like this or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I can change my voice without a, an app, I guess. Right. Look at uh, you. You are you are multi-use. That's right. So <laughs> I can I can even do my Kermit the Frog impression. Sorry. <laughs> oh gosh. Or, uh, we, we jump the we jump the frog. We jump the, the 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 we yeah. So the, we jump the frog. <laughs> so Gary says he really enjoyed. Oh, he already said much more than Clubhouse. Uh, I don't know what Dustin's saying. The nest is still my favorite feature. Do you know what the nest is? I don't, I don't know what know that what is. That means. Drop us in the chat. Drop yeah. in the chat, I, Dustin, I'm, what the nest is. I just don't know. And Elisa says this. She goes, she's watching over at YouTube. She goes, uh, Clubhouse is just another place you have to log in and check. It's a pain. And we're going to talk about some Clubhouse news at the end, but I I haven't been on Clubhouse since they have done even the new messaging thing. Still haven't been on there. Danny says, I like Twitter mm. spaces better because I'm allowed to use it. Now, now Clubhouse now has a... Android app, too, yeah. but they did yes. shoot themselves in the foot for a long time uh, not having that. 
Um, Sabrina says, hey, Sabrina, uh, I love Twitter spaces. I am over Clubhouse. So she's over it. Guys. Okay, Jim, the, the Jim, pull up Jim's uh, okay. comment. Okay. And Dustin also, they both, the, the nest is apparently, see, I didn't know it was referred to as this. Not that one. Oh, sorry. Jim, <laughs> they're talking about the nest, not the oh, Star Wars. Oh, it's the tweet book. at the top of the space. Okay. It's where you pin tweets ah. and you can have tweets. In, see, and that's another reason why I like Twitter spaces so much better than Clubhouse is because you can pin specific pieces of content to actually interact mm -hmm. with there in the instance versus or in the room i should say versus mm -hmm. uh the clubhouse where it's just like yeah you're lost so, so uh, anyway. when people can come in and have a context for what you're saying so i think that's awesome yeah Emer says uh she spaces to speak is a great to have audio on twitter she likes it uh <laughs> dustin goes the voice changer is dumb um so we should multicast to Twitter space to see what happens. You know, a lot of podcasters, that was a big thing when it first started with Clubhouse. That could be a cool thing. We are actually going, this show goes out to Twitter video. I don't know what do they call it now because Periscope's gone. Um, it still it's goes still, out. It's called it's called Twitter Live, Twitter Live, but they haven't changed called it. Twitter Live. Twitter Live. Twitter yeah. Live. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And so like, yeah, because they, and they still haven't changed the Periscope branding. So if you were to go into like restream you still have to link to periscope and it confuses everyone because they're like well there's no periscope i'm like just 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 connect it's so fine. this is a great question do spaces stay around after you finish the broadcast no no, no they, they leave they are no. but i have heard that they're they're figuring out a way maybe to download even maybe a transcript well, and um, recording and recording so i think that that's going to come because yes. it's built on periscope's platform and periscope saved video and so it's not hard to turn. I mean, eventually they were able to save video on there. You go watch a replay on Periscope. Um, yes. So it's built in. So um, I think it's eventually going to happen. So Gary says, Madeline Sklar does all things audio spaces on Wednesday, 12 p.m. And I always like to attend that one. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Matt Navarra, uh, who, if, if you guys know Matt Navarra, he is a social media reporter, insider. He used to write for The Verge. He's on his own now. He holds a Twitter space conversation weekly as well. And that. if you, you know, talking about the world, like his his idea of the trends and everything. So uh, that's another one that is really cool to tune into. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to jump into more Twitter spaces and, and or start my own you version should. of something. You should do it when your podcast launches. Like talk about that guest. That's what we do with Guy's live yeah. show, and people really yeah. like to talk about that. So that would be kind of cool. So yeah. I tune into that even. Have you maybe. talked at all about uh, last week? There's a, uh, what's his name? Mark Cuban um, and the Fireside thing. We haven't now, talked another, about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's another one that's that's coming. You have to have like a beta release or mm -hmm. link or whatever. And uh, it, from what I know, based on our great friends over at Libsyn, Hello to Elsie. Um, that basically Libsyn's already going to have a connection point with this fireside tool, which is a lot like Twitter spaces where you go in and you have conversations and yet fireside is going to is going to be able to record that conversation and shoot it over as an episode on Libsyn as an, as a, wow. like a podcast episode. So look for that. Keep your ear to the ground for that in terms of people where this melding of mm -hmm. podcasting, you know, the Venn diagram of pod podcasting and um, social, uh, audio. social audio. Yeah. 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 It'll be interesting to have that. I mean, when Cuban, I'm excited because he's, he's all for it and he's putting a lot of 
resources in it. So it'll be interesting to see what will happen with that. So uh, our next piece of news, remember we talked, we've been talking about Clubhouse and most people, according to our, you know, unscientific poll, don't really use it anymore that much. Um, now our friend uh, Ramon Ray, who we've had on before, he has a month, uh, like uh, a weekly one where he does like breakfast with something entrepreneurs and it does really well. Mm-hmm. He's getting a lot of uh, stuff out of it. So I'm like, man, I built my business on Google plus. I know Dustin did too. I'm like, if you can get engagement and even if the platform goes away, it doesn't make those relationships any less valid. So I'm not poo pooing it. If it works for you, that's cool. But clubhouse has reached 660,000 daily rooms. Grace, what say you? Yes. The news is that they did have a little bit of a slump when Twitter spaces rolled out this last, I believe it was March Mm -hmm. or between March and May. Right. And so Clubhouse became focusing on all of its efforts to expand its viewership and user participation. So at a weekly town hall this past week, the Clubhouse uh, had a Clubhouse revealed that it's now facilitating over 600,000 rooms daily within the app with a significant increase from just 300,000 in May. So doubling the rooms per day, right? And so much of this growth is actually outside of the US. It is in India, where um, many of those 300,000 rooms that they added on are being created within the last few months. And they've also started fueling growth in India as well with some uh, India-specific creator funding. Uh, They also rolled out to Android very quietly. I think people were like, at the time people were like, yeah, it's an Android. And other people were like, I don't care. So a lot of the, um, a lot of that growth is being fueled by them expanding it. Mm -hmm. An interesting thing you mentioned India. So I like, uh, they're also really getting a lot of pod, I mean, a lot of new podcast growth over there. I've been seeing a lot of Spotify users. A lot of people who listen to this podcast are from India. I'm seeing a lot of big growth there. It's really interesting that a lot of people are saying that is the next big market. Um, I even was listening to Lou Mangello's podcast uh, this morning, and he had a, a former Disney exec, and that one of the questions was like, if you could do anything, where would you put another Disney park? Where do you think it would go? And India is on the short list because they the users are there, things are starting to happen. So I just have a feeling we're going to see more and more of that. But it's interesting that um, the uh, growth is coming. A lot of that is from India. And also part of that platform's growth uh, and expansion into an improved user experience, Clubhouse has announced it's reducing the number of notifications sent out to the users down to one third of the current volume. The first thing I did with Clubhouse is turn off those notifications because they were bonkers. You would lose your day if you left those on. And uh, some other new improvements to its back channel. They're doing some some improvements to their back channels messaging service that they rolled out, I think a a month or so ago. Uh, And it includes the possibility Mm -hmm. to side swipe to start a chat thread with a room speaker is kind of cool and since the launch of back channels in the middle of last month 1.2 million unique users have sent 100 million messages and so they're also adding a new archive option which is cool and they've made uh, changes to club management so club followers will be removed as an option with only new clubs only able to have members instead they're also introducing a new leader's role to help maximize club engagement. These new roles and labels will favor better management of the communities within the app. So um, I'm all for, I, I think one of the things is what's going to happen is Twitter space is going to look at some of this stuff and see what's yeah. working and they're going to implement it really, really fast. And so I think competition is a good thing, no matter which way you look at yeah. it. 
So, and we haven't seen a lot recently in terms of Facebook's version of social audio, but I believe that there's inklings or better yet rumblings kind of happening sooner rather than later. But yeah, like you said, Jeff, all this stuff is kind of the stuff that's unique to clubhouse. And it's like, well, what happens when that stops being unique? I know we've got our gung ho clubhousers, but, uh, right. I'm not so, one of them. At least it goes in there and does some Pinterest stuff. I know. Cause I've joined her in a couple of rooms and she's clicked on the send fewer notifications option. She did it this morning, but she said they really <laughs> needed that chat option. So I, yeah. I think that's really, really cool. Cause that was one of the things we talked about. It's like when we were there, we were, it's always, it was like, if you were a speaker, it was one to many, but when you were a, a listener, you couldn't do anything. And on, that was the th- appeal for Twitter spaces is you could tweet, you could, you know, direct message inside, you know, when that was going on. And so it was a little easier. So I agree with that, with the chat, chat option. Yeah. So. Well, and I think mean, the, the hottest question, because social audio, of course, took off over this last year, is like, what is the future? And I think, me personally, I think that it's going to come down to finding a day-to-day use case. So mm-hmm. virtual events, news discussions, we just talked about podcasting, using as an extension of your other social media efforts as a way to connect with your community, watching TV real time, which is, by the way, that's how I used to use Twitter, like maybe a right. decade ago, was yep. we would all watch, I don't know, Mad Men would come out on Sunday night, and you just tweet, and that doesn't happen anymore because everything is on demand. I mean, mm-hmm. or you're binge watching something, you're not necessarily on the same I think live sports is probably the only space or concerts, right? Are the only times that I would see that happening. And so I think there's some value in that. I think marketers and businesses are still finding their way with how to use it. I'm not exactly sure how, or they're not exactly sure how social audio could be leveraged. And I think it really comes down to the fact that you can't save and reuse the content because I know I, as someone who works for a brand as constantly like, okay, here's something we're going to do. How can we reuse it 20 times, right? Or reuse it in 20 different ways. I think they've got to, they have to start. I mean, I get the, that it goes away. I mean, and, and the live thing is cool. I mean, we're doing a live show. I'm like, Gary, you know, we got, can you pull up his comment? Exacto Mundo, Eric. So yeah, I mean, it's, we can do cool things like that. And that's only available for people who are live. They can see it when they watch the replay, but it's a different experience. I think right. they need to open that up for social audio. I mean, I think Twitter mm-hmm. spaces will probably be the first one. Clubhouse needs to do that, I think, to stay relevant because... It's just like YouTube. When you go live on YouTube, it's really cool to be there. You can interact and you do super chats and they can answer your questions. But there's still value that I can go back and watch a live that Nick Nimmin did when he was talking about how to be, you know, start when you're doing YouTube. And so I think that, I mean, you can have blessed of both worlds. I, I think they're limiting themselves by not having that. So many right. people, I mean, think, think about this. When it comes to webinars or live video sessions, how many times the the opening kind of salvo of questions are is this being recorded can i watch this later right like most people most people are not available when you're doing your thing like most people are not watching this live i i contend probably a lot more people are watching this and or listening to this after the fact because we're all busy but we and, Mm -hmm. and we're all used to tivo we know something's happening We know we want to watch it or experience it, but we also know I'll do that on my own time when I can fit it in. Right. Right. But, but the things you really love and, and and we love every single one of you who are watching live right now, like Sabrina is, uh, so I so much value to go back and watch a session. Very, very true. And, and Dustin says (laughs) he's watching this live just to be sure. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, there's, we're live there. Like I go, I watch Lou's show on Wednesday, Lou Mangiello. 
just because it makes me happy and I enjoy it. And I like to interact with the people there watching live. And, you know, there's something about when Lou brings my comment up on the screen, I'm like, Lou, he likes me, you know, and it's the same thing when you go live, you know, you, you see your face on there. So it's very, very cool. Uh, I think there's a place for both. And I think the apps that don't do that are really missing out. So I'm off my, my soapbox, but anyway, I think you guys know how I feel. I don't know. Being on a being on a live show and all with us. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. So <laughs> let's see. Our next oh, by the way, this show, we want to make sure you guys know about leapintolive.com, this amazing uh conference that we're doing that I will be speaking at, but also other, you know, little people like Leslie Samuel, Stephanie Liu, uh, you know, Pat Flynn. I guess he's gonna be there too. So yeah, it's gonna be amazing. You guys need to go check that out. Go to leapintolive.com. Thank you so much for our friends over at Ecamm for sponsoring this show. And also, by the way, I have a couple spots left opened. Uh, you guys, if you want to talk about live video or about podcasting or about, you know, like Eric just wants to talk about Batman. I'll do all that stuff, but I have a couple spots open for uh, some consulting. Uh, you can go find out more about that at calendly.com forward slash Jeff C forward slash S M N L social media news life. So calendly.com forward slash Jeff C that's J E F F S I E H I before E, especially in C slash S M N L. So there you go. End Hurry up of, before I book all the slots. I know it's like, is Marvel better than DC? And we all know the answer to that. It's Marvel. So, but anyway, <laughs> Uh, that, that is that. So our next piece of news is partner. This is all about Elisa. If she's watching this creator partnership on Pinterest. So Grace, I know you're going to talk about this and then I'm going to chime in. So uh, what say well, you about Pinterest? I'm just introducing the topic here. This is all you, Jeff, because you are our Pinterest expert. At the end of July, Pinterest launched a new way for creators to build their business and earn money on Pinterest. And it, they were the ability to make their pins shoppable, uh, to ability to earn uh, affiliate links or commissions through affiliate links that you post on Pinterest, and then also the ability to partner with brands on sponsors content, sponsored content more easily. And I was hoping that you'd be able to walk us through each of these, Jeff, and explain what they are and what they mean for uh, creators. Yeah, I will do my best. Elisa Meredith is in the audience. She is, she's who I always talk to about this, but I, I do uh, play around with Pinterest a little bit. So um, this is the thing with the idea pins, really popular on Pinterest. Pinterest is really pushing them really hard. They're kind of their own stories kind of thing. If you kind of think of a story that doesn't go away and that you can like, you even get a week to change it if you want to change some stuff on a story. Kind of same thing, it has panels that go across. The big thing that we always had issues about with idea pins is there's no link back to like if you're trying to drive traffic to a blog post or some something else and so it was just it only went back to your profile well now they have this idea pin product tagging and creators can tag their idea pins with any of the millions of product pins on pinterest so if you haven't been to Pinterest in a while, Pinterest is like a massive catalog with hundreds of millions of product pins uploaded, uploaded by retailers. Uh, it goes through, they have partnerships with like Spotify and other partners and it's saved by Pinterest. Now creators can tap into that catalog and harness that shopping by tagging specific products on their own idea pins. So uh, they're also building brand partnerships. They're beta testing new paid partnerships, a new paid par partnership tool that allows creators to disclose their paid partnerships and uh, these creators who make branded content will be able to add the brands directly to their idea pins once the brand approves the tag and the idea pin will include this little paid partnership label. So 
It's going to make it easier for creators to disclose partnerships with brands and use their expertise to connect with pinners authentically. So one of the cool things is now you can do affiliate things. So I could actually, let's say I did something with, um, you know, I, I was able to tag like my stream deck that I use and I can earn commissions on that because I could use my affiliate code if I, if I could find that, you know, or a partner would partner with that for that. So it's really, really interesting. So, um, Alisa, like I said, she is the genius about all of this stuff, but it's exciting that we're getting able to do something else with idea pins. And I think they're going to open it up hopefully a little bit more. I've got my fingers crossed. We never know what Pinterest is going to do, but the other thing is it, we, you know, we talk about this branded content and like the having a paid sponsorship tag, you know, we've talked about it on you on like Facebook has to do it before, but it's really important for the F, the FTC to disclose this stuff because you can get in deep trouble if you don't do this. So it's a good thing. It's kind of boring, but it's still something you need to do if you have a paid partnership with somebody else. So, Absolutely. and Elisa mentioned that there's three different affiliate programs that you can tag to. Elisa, yeah. can you drop what those are? Because I know that different companies have affiliate programs individually, but they're all kind of go through a marketplace. And I'm curious which ones those are. Yeah. And if you want to connect with Lisa, cause she's got courses and all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, she does a lot of consulting. You can find her at Alisa Meredith.com. Uh, That's a L I S a Meredith.com. So check her out. So that's, that's the Pinterest news. Anything that gives, you know, us being able to sell our own stuff on Pinterest or have links in the idea pins, I think it's a good thing. It's a good passive income, right? Because yeah. like yeah. the longevity on Pinterest as well is like, I still referring to pins that I pinned like five years ago, right? Yeah. I'm still going back to them all and the time. I, getting new still, ads. And we still get traffic. I still get traffic from a lot of stuff that I pinned a long time ago too. And that's the, that's mm -hmm. the whole thing is a lot of marketers use it is because of the long-term traffic. Idea pins are great. Cause they're really like, I take clips of this show. I pin, make the idea pins out of them. And I'm getting like 10,000 views on some of these pins. So they're really pushing idea pins. So it's when Pinterest is like highlight and stuff, it's a good idea to do kind of what they want. It's like any other platform. Um, yeah. But being able to have this shopping thing, uh, the, these shoppable tags now that we can have in these idea pins, it's pretty cool. So go ahead. Next piece of news, uh, Eric, Instagram. Yeah. So, so yeah. speaking of shopping and speaking of visuals, uh, Instagram is testing this new shop tab ads and they're expanding their e-commerce potential. So basically, um, they started testing ads in the shop tab on August 9th from a select number of U.S. brands. So uh, luggage retailer Away, Away is really cool. Um, pet brand Boo-O, which I've never heard of. Claire Paint, duh, and Donnie <laughs> Davey. Yes, it's how you pronounce it. It's D-E-U-X. It's duh. Anyway, it's a French word. I think yeah. I think Eric just challenges to a dual Jeff. <laughs> Oh, of pronouncing words, I, threw, I would I lose. Down the gauntlet. There you Alisa go. Knows um, that. I cannot ever pronounce people's names. I am horrible at yeah. They made fun of me. Yes. So, so what's cool That's is, is that uh, you go to the tiles in the, the, the ads will appear as tiles in the app. And so if you've not gone to the shopping tab, it's actually pretty cool. If you tap on that little shopping bag looking icon at the bottom of Instagram. Um, in fact, I'm going to pick my phone up and look at it. Uh, you see all these different squares. They're, they're tiles. That's mm -hmm. what they call them. And like, for example, I see Zach King here wearing a t-shirt and if I tap on it, it's him smiling and it's, you know, him and his wife modeling this t-shirt. And I'm like, that's super cool. And 
then they're going to have different spots for ads in here, posts from creators you follow, et cetera. But to be able to have ads in a place where people are already literally shopping is dangerous for me because like I've said before, Instagram mm-hmm. is the place where I will have the impulse buy happen way more. It's it's because I'm visually right stimulated by products in Instagram, I guess. I don't know. I have got so many apps. That. I get so many apps or like video editing tools and stuff from uh, they know me so well. And I'm like, oh, and you see it like the effect that it happened that it does. That's the thing. It's like it shows you like this is when you use this. This is what happens. And you're like, oh, I must have that. And I, I usually yeah. end up so, doing it. So by having the shopping tab one, that really allows you to just start to dig in on people promoting their products with great visuals to begin with. Then if you're promoting a product in there through an ad, like it's prime real estate. So this is is really cool. Yeah. (laughs) Dustin goes visual marketing for the win. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So uh, a couple of things, Lisa did drop in the the different uh, three types in the chat. So it's shop style, collective reversion and raccoon. I can't ever say that. See, I'm great. Rakuten. Yeah. And Rakuten. Sabrina saying, exactly. I still get Pinterest traffic from things about seven years old. That's why we love Pinterest. And Jim, who's amazing, says, this is one of my favorite shows. So Aww. that's just so cool. And Jim is one of, one of our, our favorite people, Jim. Yes, he is yep. one of our favorites as well. So um, um, let's see. Oh, and, and Elisa dropped in a pin to see how it works. She shows an example of how that tagging works for an idea pin in the comments on LinkedIn. So go over to LinkedIn if you want to check out her uh, her link and sh- uh, the example of a, a idea pin with that shoppable tag in it. So there's some other stuff about we're, we're talking about shopping and uh, Danny goes such an interesting trend with all these sites now paying people for their content. Is there a graph anywhere where they compare the different paid partnership deals between the different social media platforms? I don't know of one, Dustin. That sounds like something that you should do because you do all those really cool infographics. I would say uh-huh. that's a Dustin Stout uh, homework assignment right there for him to do. So, uh, yes, that's yeah. a great point. But there, everyone seems to be coming out with shopping, especially with all the e-commerce uh, rage that happened during the lockdown. So I, I see this con- continuing for a long time. In fact, um, some more stuff like TikTok this month announced a partnership with Publicis which could bring a potentially uh, many of the agency's blue chip marketers on the platform and, you know, Snap is also deepening its e-commerce investment through a, requent, a recent acquisition of Fit Analytics, an apparel and footwell fair sizing tech company. So this photo sharing app looks to learn, lean into its AR cap- capabilities to drive its uh, e-commerce business. So like you can take a picture of your foot and get the right shoe. I mean, it's amazing the stuff they can do now yeah. with AR. Yeah. So very, very cool. And right on the back of that, there's more TikTok stuff. So uh, TikTok has begun testing a new stories feature that goes away just like everything else after 24 hours. And no, we did not need another stories platform. Yeah. Um, come I was on. Like, I was like, it news that no one asked for. I know. <laughs> kind of didn't, but didn't TikTok already feel like they had the vertical video thing nailed why do you need to add stories to it i, I think I it's there I, I think it's one of those things where instagram is trying to go after them so then they're trying to do that but i don't know it's it, i mean this is still something that they're testing with a very limited number of users outside of the u.s so none of us have access to it i don't even know what this would look like but i did spend a lot of time researching tiktok this week and did not you know <laughs> didn't see a need for it so 
I'm scared that they're going to make, because my, my daughter actually goes, ah! I heard her scream the other day and she was like, I go, what's wrong? And she goes, there's too many ads on TikTok. So she's like, she's a heavy TikTok user and I'm scared it's going to get bloated. I feel Instagram is really bloated. There's so many things like, you know, you almost need a, a manual. Like if I ever tried to show my mom something on Instagram, I'm like, okay, mom, okay, you have to do this and go up here and go swipe. And this is the, you know, it's, it's, I think it's getting really bloated. Um, I, and I think, this is just me, tell me if I'm wrong, that we're going to start having, like, TikTok is where you're going to go for entertainment. That's where mm -hmm. people go right now for entertainment. YouTube is going to be like, how do I replace Education. the seal on my toilet? And, uh, you know, and there's, but then there's going to be those video bloggers that have been there for a long time. That stuff's going to be there. But for that quick entertainment, and then it turns into two hours down the TikTok rabbit hole, that's good. I mean, that's where people are going to go is TikTok. No matter what, unless they blow it some way. I just mm. think that TikToks is going to be where people go for that quick content. What do you think, Eric? I One, I'm not a TikTok user, but I see the appeal because I've seen some very interesting things in Instagram on Reels that I know is, you know, it's competitor. Mm. And I'm like, I get hooked on it. And then I swipe for the next one. And I swipe for the next one. And then eventually I'm like, I just spent. Well, I won't tell you how long, but <laughs> you, you can see what I'm saying is well, like, me, yeah, the for the entertainment value. But did you get the guy that warns you that it's time to go get water and go eat something and walk away from your phone because you've been on it too long? They have that. Have you got no. That's yeah. a thing. Yeah. Very after cheap. you've been scrolling no. for a long time, this guy pops up and says, don't you want some water? You can take a break now. Yeah. How do you not know that I've been like That's hydrating scary. this whole time? Because I've been on TikTok for <laughs> I could have been hydrating, right? Well, yeah. Jeff, do you remember when we had Peg on, Peg Fitzpatrick mm -hmm. on, the brilliant Peg Fitzpatrick, and she was talking about what is the number one piece of content on Instagram? Do you remember? I remember, but I don't remember what it was. What was it? Stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone's going to stories, right? Yeah, I, like, yeah. what is the first thing you do when you get on Instagram? You're just, you're on stories, right? And sometimes they forget there's a rest of that. So I think that, the, I mean, TikTok knows this too. I think, I think they're trying to take advantage of that 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 pattern that habit as yeah. well well okay so let me spin this i i was i wasn't necessarily poo-pooing the idea of stories on tiktok let me think about this from a tiktok creator standpoint if i am a popular well if i'm a if i'm a, if i'm a mildly or moderately um uh popular creator on tiktok then probably what i'm not going to do is create a tiktok video saying hey everybody welcome to tiktok and i'm so and so and, you know and introduce myself and have that but instead being able to do conversation and more behind the scenes type stuff that's not the polished tiktok you know videos proper mm -hmm. being able to have a place like it's kind of like what we were saying about clubhouse earlier where uh, i'm in the room and you know and and i'll i'll, I'll say this TikTok way more entertaining than Clubhouse, but uh, <laughs> but you're on, if you're on Clubhouse and you can't come converse with anybody and there's no social aspect, eh, but this adds one in in a way that creators and consumers can kind of communicate. Maybe that's not a bad idea, right? So I want to bring up some comments because you know, people are going. This is I think this is Jen Cole stories on TikTok wild. So yeah more more stories content uh sabrina in all caps by the way says there are too many ads on instagram but i buy from the ad so maybe i'm causing the problem <laughs> so yeah. you're part of the problem you're part of the problem um and this is an important point to uh, spread too thin with all these social networks yeah. i can't also do tiktok and i think a lot of times we 
and I'm taking off my marketer hat and I'm going as a, like a small business user. One of the things that people there, they, and uh, I just, we interviewed John uh, Jantz over from duct tape marketing from on Tailwind's channel yesterday. And one of the things he talks about is like, the first thing you need to do is have a strategy before you have any tactics. And a lot of times as small business owners and marketers, we jump to the tactics really quick. We like, oh, we gotta be on TikTok because this person said we need to be on TikTok and everyone's on TikTok. But really does it matter? We had Jen Herman on a couple of weeks ago and she was like, she's always telling people that like small businesses say, I wanna get to the 10,000 swipe up feature. And she's like, okay, if you get all these people, are you gonna be able to handle it? And they're like, no, we can only handle like five new clients. She's like, well, then what does it matter? And so I think that whole thing, like John was saying yesterday is the strat, the strategy has got to come first and don't freak out. And I, one of the reasons I love this job and love this live, cause I am total squirrel and I get to play with all this stuff, but that's my job and I'm a weirdo. But for the, the most people, they don't need that. They need to have like, here's the strategy. We're going to do YouTube and we're going to do live on this one day of the week, and that's all we're doing, and we're going to be really good at it. Like Roger, that's what Roger Wakefield did when he first oh started. Gosh. He killed YouTube, and he has gone bonkers on there, a plumber from Dallas, and his stuff is amazing. We've had him on, on too. Um, go back and watch that episode or listen to it if you haven't yet. But um, he started with one thing, and then he went on to others. So I, I just I get that spread too thin thing. So sorry. Well, even and even you brought up Jen Herman. She even goes with on Instagram. She posts fairly rarely because she goes for quality over quantity. So, yeah, Gary goes, yes, totally plumber Roger. And he's killing it right now in Wakefield because he's doing kind of the micro thing where he's really wanting to help the trades out the the, mm -hmm. the tradesmen. And he's killing it on there with his LinkedIn lives that he's doing. So but he, he established that base first on YouTube and then he went from there. Um, so anyway. Cool stuff happening. Lot of um, lot of crazy news this week. Thank you guys so much for coming to the end of our time. And I want to make sure that our pal Eric has plenty of time to talk about yeah. his cool stuff, his podcast, and all the different places uh, that you were at. So talk about yeah. that a little bit. So, I, I, you know, a, a thrill for me was I just released an episode with Jeff Brown of the Read to Lead podcast on my podcast, Beyond the To-Do List. And you'd think, well, what's a guy who's talking about reading coming on a productivity show for? Well... How many of us want to read more, even it, it, either we don't, we already are readers and we want to read more or get more out of our reading or, or read more faster. Right? right. Right. Or we've been told and we know we should read more, but we hardly read ever. We talk about those things. We, we talk about how to one, improve your reading speed improve your reading comprehension, how to, you know, tips and tricks and hacks as to how to get more reading done and how to read more and get more out of it and why reading and feeding your mind is just one of the biggest game changers for you, especially in this creator economy and especially when a lot of us suffer from um, imposter syndrome. You right. can take uh, take agency of your own education and start reading. So it's a great conversation. You got to go check that one out. That's one of the latest ones. That's actually this week's episode. And I, I always love getting into a, a podcast conversation with another long-term podcaster because yeah. they know what they're doing. It's, 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 it comes across so much better for everybody listening. So I was thrilled to, to do that. And Jeff was thrilled to be on. He was like, it's a bucket list for me to be on your show. And I'm like, yeah. Is so. that the first time he's, I thought he'd been on before. It that is. Was it is, but again, it's because it was the first time there. I was like, I always wanted to have him on, but it was always just like, well, we got to figure out an angle. And then it's like when the book came out, which is right. about to, the book is about to come out in a matter of two weeks, 
week yeah. and a half, two weeks, something like that. You can pre-order and get tons of bonuses and even a course for free and everything. Anyway, all the details are in that latest episode with Jeff Brown over at beyond uh, the to-do list.com. Um, great guy. And yeah. the book's amazing. So if you haven't gone over to beyond the to-do list, go do that now. And also on Apple, give him a rating review. Give us a rating review too. We love that over there as well. Oh yeah. But give him a rating review that helps podcasters out. Grace, where can people find out more about you? You can find me over at Restream. I uh, manage our our whole, we have a whole lineup of live video hosts and industry pros. They, we have a show probably on every single day of the week on how to get into live video. So I'd love for you to check out Restream's YouTube channel. You can just search Restream IO on YouTube. We also have a fantastic Facebook community. Re- just search Restream community on Facebook. That's a great place too if you're looking to get started in live or you've been doing it for a while and looking to level up. And that's where I am. Awesome. Uh, by the way, Jackie said she's, I uh, wanted to bring up this comment. She says she's getting a lot of ads on TikTok. I see the same content on Reels. I don't have an mm. issue with IG. I get more interaction on my Facebook page and stories. So Great. that's like we were just saying, it's like where it's working for you and you have to figure yeah. that out for yourself. Um, by the way, I, once again, I love you guys to, if you want to talk more about podcasting, how we do this live video, uh, anything that, uh, you know, Pinterest, any of that stuff that you guys need help with, feel free to uh, get uh, a hold of me at calendly.com forward slash Jeff C forward slash S M and L and appreciate the guys over at the Ecamm for sponsoring the show. You can watch it. Uh, you go, register for it at leapintolive.com that's leapintolive.com that's coming up next month make sure you go register now because those virtual seats are getting full so just make sure you guys do that and with that we'll see you guys next time bye everybody bye social media news live